another episode of Rebel City Podcast, Matt. How's it going? Aye, not bad, mate. Self? Aye, not too bad. It's been a... I mean, we've been doing these, what, every fortnight? You might want to take that. More or less, aye. Up and closer to you a wee bit. Um, but every fortnight, as I was saying now, Ralph Mike, it seems like we've got a big massive laundry list of shit that we need to like, cover. But, I mean, one one huge news story the last fortnight's mm-hmm. been the Caroline Flack situation. Um, I mean, I, I, personally, I found it incredibly sad. That yep. Especially when the statement that was released by our, um, our family, like, in the, in the wake of it, was basically, I mean, basically saying that everything was taken out of context. Okay. Um. The 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 I, I can't remember what newspaper, but the the picture that was taken, like the blood in the bed and that whole incident that yeah. happened, where everybody just jumped on that she had battled her boyfriend mm-hmm. was actually her blood. She lost her job, and I think her home was attached to the contract, so she lost her flat. Yep. And then this is where it all sort of started. Mm-hmm. Um. But. I mean, other than getting into sort of... There's a couple of bits that I, I want to really like to talk about. I think yeah. the first one is the Daily Mail headline that ended up on Twitter where they had in capital letters the method that she used to kill herself. I thought it was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, the media reporting of these issues is definitely something that has sort of played a part in what has ultimately been a horrific situation for the girl and her family. Um, and I'd obviously, you know, pass my condolences as well in the off chance that anybody related hears it. Um, I don't know the girl's body of work. I was never a big reality TV fan or anything like that. I have been aware of at least a kind of low-grade, kind of like sort of thread of tabloid mm-hmm. scandals associated to her um, over the, the years. Um, and I can't really imagine that you know, that's it's surprising to anybody that that continued type of pressure could have a negative effect on somebody. Mm-hmm. That uh, scrutiny absolutely. about your personal life and stuff like that on a continuous basis because what you're a TV presenter, mm-hmm. like it's, it's all a bit much, I think, in a lot of respects. And I definitely think there's folk in the media, particularly the tabloid press, that have got a, a long, hard look to take it themselves. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think hell freezes over first before we see that. Oh, fuck. I mean, they were all out, weren't they? They were all in force. Yeah. I mean, for I think there was a lot of deleting of previous articles and stuff like that. The which sun straight away, I think aye. to me is as much an admission of guilt as yeah, anything else. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you don't want to stand by that content after the girl has, or the lady has killed herself, um, then, you know, you shouldn't have printed it in the first fucking place. Absolutely. You know I think I mean? that, quite rightfully, there seemed to be... I mean, and and in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. But in the, the world of Twitter news and everything else that happens, two two or three days seems like quite a long time. But there yeah. seems to be a period of reflection, especially from people that are maybe new media. So like, there was a lot of sort of social media personalities or influencers Aye. came out and sort of voiced that we all need to. And there was a hashtag: be kind. Um, yeah. Frankie Boyle though pointed out I mean how long did that fucking last yeah I mean, there's a few people have rinsed it already uh, absolutely but I think that for me there's been zero comment for the established media there's been well there's there's obviously been uh, like articles and whatever yeah, else but nobody they have none of, I mean the fact like you said the Sun deleted articles off their website people had 
I, I mean, shit to say, but it looked like some people had saved some stuff or they knew, they, why, they remembered. Why would you do that? Who knows? But people were like straight away going onto these articles and it had been deleted and mm-hmm. they either remembered the articles. For me, I don't remember yesterday, so I would have had to have fucking had these things saved. But mm-hmm. the being kind and... Um, People sort of reflecting personally on how they conduct themselves in social media is long overdue for me. Aye. Like, I think that, as <clears throat> we've touched on many times in many different episodes, this is real life. This isn't Aye. like a separation like it was years ago when it was MySpace and Bebo and you had like a hundred folk. People screen grab and share and these, all, everything that you post on your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, it lasts forever. Yep. It's always going to be there. And I think that. Cancel culture's got a lot to answer for because what happened in my eyes, and I didn't engage in any of it, thankfully, um, was that there was a news article, people jumped to conclusions or just outright believed what was in these articles, which were mainly clickbait mm-hmm. and have been unsubstantial and there's been no evidence to back up what was is reported. The domestic violence uh-huh. Accu- I mean, accusations. And I, I mean I know there is there was a pending court case. Absolutely there was a court case and mm. there was a complaint that was made and I'm not saying that she potentially didn't strike the guy or there wasn't mm. like some sort of like case to be answered. But taking that <laughs> with a with a picture of a bed covered in blood and posting a book extremely at, evocative. Exactly. Like, and and one on one it looks like it's come up with like ninety here. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately ITV have done what a lot of employers do and made a knee jerk reaction in Sactor for fear of them being included in this Aye. sort of cancellation of the, the individual. The it, and the woman's lost her job or flat. Seems to be that when you look at people like her, like uh, the Dermot O'Leary's, the ants and decks these people live and breathe these jobs. Yeah. Like, it's no, like... And they don't get to be half. Exactly. You know I mean, like, Ant and Deck don't get days half. They get exactly. to be Ant and Deck all the time or else it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that that has ultimately, with the turmoil that's going on in our personal life, the court case, the the cancellation in social media, losing our job, everything's came together and caused this horrible fucking situation. Um, what I did find, I mean, it is almost like kind of by the by and doesn't really matter but guys like fucking Morgan coming out and trying to be get, get hashtag be kind and it's like oh, mate, aye, just hypocrites aye, aye. Like, how, can, how can you sit one week and absolutely berate Meghan Markle whatever your fucking yep. whatever your opinion of the and individual is target this week aye. because and there then, is one every week and then come out and condemn Somehow, like, you're as much a part of this as anybody absolutely. else and that period of reflection seemed to have just went air certain people's you know I mean? heads he's one of the leading proponents of the tabloid model in the UK in the last you know 20-30 years like, he's got a responsibility um, there is a hypocrisy there but I think one of the things that we kind of briefly touched on when we're talking about people maybe looking at themselves in the light of this is that that is something that needs to happen on a much wider scale yeah. basis because we're all hypocrites on this type of thing so where we all click mm-hmm. on links that we shouldn't mm-hmm. we know that this is where the only place I mean the Sun reported 68 million quid in losses you know what I mean last week or the week Wait. before aye get it fucking right up there aye and like but at the same time they still make a viable business online because people click on these horrendous 
clickbait headlines and like this is where we need to be aware of how to starve them because if we are feeding this machine it's just going to keep ticking over and it's just going to keep claiming victim after victim and like there has to be a point where we look at it and go this is partly on us as well absolutely you know what i mean like because we're clicking the links because we're indulging in the gossip that makes people think that their lives are unlivable mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and people in the public domain need to expect that a level of privacy will be foregone because of their stature it's part and of the deal really attention aye, but at the same time it shouldn't be to this extent and I think as well as both the media and ourselves like TV producers um, don't really get a pass on this one um, no for me anyway because I think when we look at suicide and the loss of life in relation to reality TV in the UK you know we're we're into like double digits. I read mm-hmm. a tweet that said that this was something like the thirtieth death after the back of so um you know, reality TV in the UK. Um I don't know if that figure's accurate, but I know of some really high profile cases already away, things like Love Island and stuff uh-huh. like that. And, you know, there's a whole this is a kind of like trifecta toxicity. It's like I the media stoke it, I we lap it up, but at the same time the guys who produce it are kind of getting a bit of a free pass while we point fingers at each other. Absolutely, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There needs to be better screening processes, there needs to be better aftercare, there needs to be support to these guys. Yeah. Like, you are forcing fame on somebody who has no meaningful ability to be prepared for it, mm. and you're literally doing it just to essentially watch them implode a lot of the time. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's you very know. much like that South Park episode where, you know, they, they sacrifice Britney for the harvest, you know what I mean? Aye. I mean, <coughs> the, there was a, a slightly related sort of thing here, and I've got some personal experience with the people, know the person involved, the individual involved, but a question that was asked, so there was the BBC Social video about the non-binary... Um, okay. Individual that was talking Struggling about with haircuts. gone for a haircut and like it was a poem that for me what I took for it on face value was that this isn't about haircuts. Yeah. This isn't <clears throat> about this. Even though the poem is about an individual going to get a haircut, it's not about mm. haircuts. It's it's a it's about communicating for one human to a group of humans. Don't. Bother, don't worry about fucking getting that a good push down and part aye, there you go. Um it was a it, it was a poem about an individual how people don't feel like they fit in to a society that pushes male and female, no yeah. matter where you go. You go to top shop. No, I'm no I, I don't know how I feel about I mean, it's just somebody telling you how they feel. Like whether or not we do anything about <laughs> it, I don't know, and I don't I've no got I've not got a horse in the race, so but somebody coming and saying that me as an individual, somebody who doesn't identify as male or female, goes to the hairdressers, goes to Topshop, goes to the swimming, goes anywhere in public and it's just male and female, that triggers me and it makes me feel ununderstood, unwelcome. Okay. I don't know where I fit into yep. that, how do I ask and, and, and actually just putting some like open-ended questions out into the wider sort of yeah. society, right? And it was met with... Look at the fucking state of this person. I mean, just ask for a haircut, and Aye. it's like you're completely missing the point. But the thing that interests anything, they're amplifying the point of the person who exactly, wrote and performed the poem, which was beautifully done, actually, Aye. like in a sort of weird sort of paradox. But the question that was asked, and it might have been somebody that I actually follow, was I hope that the BBC Social have things in place 
to support this person. Okay. Now, um, because dumping, I know, what, 100,000 people on your feed to critique a moment of your own sort of personal weakness, or no weakness, but like fragility, your own sort of... You vulnerability. Know, yeah, vulnerability. Um, and then all of a sudden, the whole world's screaming in through your window. Absolutely. Um, I would hope, I like these Love Islands and stuff like that, that any show anywhere has Absolutely. you know a structure in place that allows people who come and be real with them uh-huh. to have well, a, I mean there's been times we've been sat here with guests and things have got real and like you know we've talked a week later and we're still worried about somebody who's come in and opened up or whatever right. it is like, and like that's maybe something that you know we, we could we, we could, could learn from well the, I've got my own personal experiences <clears throat> one of the producers and I won't name them and I've I've met the guy on two or three occasions doing work with Mandy on mm. the BBC social stuff. Now, I didn't get a pile on. I got a couple of people having a laugh at me on Facebook, of which I, I didn't really care about. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen uh, because of the subject that, that I, was, uh, I was approaching. But I did a, a social video on porn addiction and I did a half or 45 minute podcast in BBC Scotland building. Mm-hmm. Now, the question that was asked was, are the people that do these types of content for you supported in any way? And the producer came back and said, we, before they put anything out, we speak to the individual. It was fucking bullshit. Right. I had none of that. Now, I'm not expecting it. Aye. I, but if you're saying that these provisions are in place for people that make content, in my own personal experience, which counts for fuck all, really. Aye, you've got a fleeting experience on the but grand I scheme of things. I did a video aye. like that and I had zero contact for anybody at the BBC. I dealt with somebody that I knew. Aye. There was no prep. They turned up the video, they left. I didn't see the video until it was released. I did a podcast where they were pausing the podcast midway and asking me to say things a different way and blah, blah, blah. I had none of what they said was happening previous. Now, yeah. if it's reactive... Fair fucks to you, right? Mm. So if the, if somebody does a video for the BBC and the world is what felt like, probably no, like Scotland or whatever, Aye. but it definitely was getting some commentary for here, there and everywhere. Aye. Piles on an individual and you react to that, then fair enough, say that. Say that when videos get this kind of reaction, we take the individual in, we sit them down, we make sure that we've got all these things in place. But to make out that there are things that happen pre-production was a complete and utter no. nonsense and I just hope that the individual involved actually like um, got the support that was made out and that hopefully that the producers there um, yeah. the producers there actually like take that on board and think about what can we do before to help support individuals that are making our content because Aye. it is normal people like I'm, I like I said I mean when I did it whatever I've done loads of podcasts Aye, and you've spoke spoke about openly. it at length already I've spoken openly but when you're mm. asking people to that are either creating their own art around their identity or they're talking about their trauma or their experiences and you're basically throwing some stuff together for some clicks on YouTube and on Twitter and blah 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 under the BBC banner um, I, I just hope that they can learn and that they actually do right we need to get people in pre-production to sit down and go the potential of you speaking about these issues is that Aye. you might get piled on we've got this example mm-hmm. do you feel comfortable doing this are you stable enough we've got this provision in place either counselling or whatever it is it might be that was Aye. made out but my experience was none of that happened it kind of goes against the kind of as you say sort of throwing together nature of something it is about being low budget high impact you know content you mm-hmm. know what I mean like so 
I can get it in a sense, you know what I mean? Like, but I just mean in, in, a, in a mere sort of general sense, I think the whole industry who mm-hmm. takes people from relative obscurity, you know, and throws them to essentially the wolves on some, like a Love Island or oh, yeah. a Big Brother or whatever the fuck I mean, even happens to be the case. Um, <clears throat> it's one of them where... I Even like the X Factors where... The the I mean that has stopped thankfully, but the last X Factor season that I was no even I didn't even watch it, but engaged with they were not only taking in seventeen eighteen year olds mm-hmm. to come in. Uh, I, some and, of them are younger than or they let younger folk try out at least, didn't they? During the competition, they were getting them to write their own songs and. They were asking them to sing their own songs. Really? And then they were releasing them on iTunes. But during that time, you get paid a salary by ITV. Rather than all the royalties for your songs are all getting signed over. So they're not only taking potentially young, vulnerable artists, in air quotes, that are writing their own music, and giving them this platform which is unrivaled. There is no other way that a young musician can get that platform that they get on X Factor. And then taking their art off them profit and fair and then what happens is they get dropped like a fucking shitty rag at the end of it they yeah. get no record deal I mean if you can name me one successful British X Factor other than One Direction who seem to be a bit of an outlier but where's Leona Lewis where, where are other, all these people I, I mean They're, I think there's going to be levels of success I mean I know obviously One Direction and these guys went on to like an almost sort of stratospheric thing I don't think they won it if I remember right um, the Leona Lewis lassie I think she does a lot of musicals in West End now, if I remember mm-hmm. right, so she does. Um, so again, she's not necessarily a way of singing in front of stadiums full of people, but I'm pretty sure that she might have a you know pretty comfortable way of life that she enjoys, who knows. Um, but again, these are exceptions. Who was the other fella? Who was the one that was getting you shit? The Brookstein fella? Steve I mean, Brookstein. There's aye. again, there's, for every one success story, there's going to be a hundred examples aye. where the industry he, or the actual media have let them down. how he was left and just left his end devices he was just no. did the Kel- Kelly Clarkson was another one did she know instantly be like this is just this whole process just doesn't work for me the minute she won American Idol mm-hmm. you know what I mean like, just rebelled against it I think it, it's just a good example of like how we've ma- how reality and television have kind of came together into this like you're saying toxic Aye. sort of nature of how these things consequences work. That there are very real consequences that Aye. now we're starting to see in the sort of public domain that I think that your point's exactly right the people that produce and ultimately profit for this content Aye. and these shows need to take a good fucking look at it advertising their right mind wants to sponsor Love Island on ITV when there's people regularly dying as a result of their exposure in this environment you know what I mean like I don't think that, you know, I would want my brand associated with something that was dangerous to mm-hmm. the people involved in it. Absolutely. Or actually dangerous to the people involved in it, you know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I think we could all be doing better on this one. Absolutely. Three, you know what I, I mean? Absolutely. Um, I mean, no, it hasn't even actually been a big story, but it, obviously it's something that you sort of flagged to me is the Tory, I mean, let's... This guy Dominic Cummings, who is, if you if you look at it, he's been called brilliant uh, by the, Dominic Cummings mostly. The most brilliant Tory advisor was a quote that I had seen. Or, um, so this guy is basically an up and coming thinker, or I don't know. I don't. I mean, Aye, it's, 
I think he, he looks at himself in terms of being like a Tory punk, which is, you know, or a, a Tory anarchist, which is, and it is like a, you know, juxtaposition that right. would make your brain actually fucking melt. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, is that he's somewhere between... Alistair Campbell and you know sort of Malcolm Tucker. Oh, Alistair Aye. Campbell was I was going to say who do, who who can we look back at and go? This is the type of this is where this guy sits. He sits in Alistair Campbell's domain, but he does he isn't quite as publicly mm-hmm. lauded. But behind closed doors, this guy is getting painted as like yeah. the great thinker. And he's been involved in some fairly sizable Tory wins in terms of like referendum campaigns, not just Brexit, but back beyond that again. Um, obviously, you know, recent Tory election wins, he's been, you know, sort of lauded as the sort of head architect or the, you know, tactician behind a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably came up with given that his tactics were, uh, given, uh, well, he did, I think he did actually right. come up with getting okay. Brexit done. Um, so he's a slogan maker. Uh, his, other, his other skill was obviously telling Boris Johnson to dive into fridges and shit, you know what I mean? Like, so there's <laughs> going to have to be like a sliding scale here, you know what I mean? Like, but anyway, the news story is that he wrote a 274-page essay or, I think, think piece, I think was what... I think he's quite fond of writing. Aye. Um, and I was going to say something about how cunts must love writing. Aye. <laughs> but we've had a fair amount of authors that are not cunts. But um, he and was basically like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was advocating or putting his weight behind what is essentially eugenics. So, aye, this was mere as the election came to its conclusion, uh, coming seen that he was going to be able to wield a bit of power and decided to put an advert out asking for basically kind of like freaks and geeks to apply for advisor positions. Um, he's then subsequently hired all these nutters that, you know, like him, don't fit the Westminster molder, you know, the traditional aid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them happened to be this guy who had wrote sort of in favour of a specific type of eugenics. Okay. So I think, um, see, for people that are listening, because I know basically what eugenics are, but I think it would probably be good to just sort of, like, define it. So It's the, essentially selective breeding. Yeah, so eugenics is the practice or advocacy of improving the human species by, selecti- by selectively mating people, i.e. the royal family, which has um, ended up with a family full of nonces, with specific... <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> fuck allegedly. Which, <laughs> with specific desirable hereditary traits, it aims to reduce human suffering by breeding out disease, which, nothing wrong with that, disabilities, and so-called undesirable characteristics from the human population. Like now, being black and stuff. Let's just have a look at the, the historical eugenic advocate Adolf Hitler, who aye. these guys were into like gene manipulation, oh, aye. and and he basically like they felt that there was a race of people. Ah, they were going to selectively ideal. breed the master mm-hmm. race. They were going to breed like seven foot tall Aryan motherfuckers, and they were going to conquer the world with them. Like mm-hmm. it's not an unfamiliar concept. Do you know what I mean? Like so, like the Dominic Cummins stuff was around people's IQ. So it was like so this guy was his, yeah this guy was taken on as the advisor argued. That there were certain like social traits and whatnot that were more desirable, um, and that you know, if we did not use this sort of selective sort of eugenic method with you know social engineering, that there would be like a kind of permanent underclass. So he's really talking about eradicating the one class. Who are the underclass? Yeah. Who do we consider the underclass? Um, 
well, it's poor people and mm-hmm. ethnic minorities. Um, now, when this broke, obviously there was a bit of a shitstorm, and it did look as though the guy Cummings, and now let's keep in mind that this guy Cummings has essentially used these advisors to take over both the direction of number 10 and 11. You know what I mean? This guy essentially had, and I'm no fan of Javid, you know what I mean? Like, he had two months as Chancellor of the Exchequer, um, and he was basically told to come and bend the knee for Cummings, uh, and, you know, sack all these advisors that had gotten to the position of Chancellor of the Exchequer and take on all of Cummings' guys and basically be, you know, this is one of the great offices of British state. Like, mm-hmm. the notion that the Chancellor of the Exchequer, supposedly the second most powerful political position in the UK, needs to bend the knee to some fucking scruffy bastard with a philosophy degree is absolutely uh-huh. crazy. He's and got a first in history, man. Fair play to Javid. He went, fuck, fuck off. Mm-hmm. I'm off. Um, and was subsequently replaced by, I don't know, some Tory drone or other that has just got there and is no Chancellor. Know. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even know who the um, Chancellor of Exchequer is. I couldn't tell you. I, I, I've seen pictures of him stoning with a big massive bag of tea. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this guy is wielding a level of political power yep. within the Tory party. I think that's the scary thing, is that, in, I mean, a couple of bits to pull out the article was he was advocating sort of tailor-made education that you're based on your genes and let's be honest we don't know enough about that either to like start fucking segregating people based on the fucking gene pool I mean we know we know uh, we know a lot genome and stuff like yeah that. absolutely but there's a lot of flaws in how we so how we test intelligence for instance yeah and um, basing it on IQ is flawed because IQ is a flawed measure mm. of intelligence. There's different sort of types of intelligence. Oh, absolutely. I think also also adding into that, like when we start to like move and progress in our knowledge and how people learn, everybody learns differently. Aye. But also going back to like previous episodes of the like ACEs, where if you're thinking that if so if psychology or like um, evolutionary psychology tells you that if you have a traumatic childhood, it means that you are so many percent less likely to be able to pay attention in class. Mm-hmm. You can't then go into higher education, so people that come from violent homes Aye. don't go into higher education. How can you say that that is a gene, that that is something that you inherit? That is something that happens to you mm-hmm. that has a real impact on your ability to learn. Yeah. So for some fucking uppity cunt, that went to fucking Oxford and whose mom da clearly had a lot of fucking money who has never actually done a day's graft in all his fucking life nice. to sit down and say that I'm better than you and you sh- and I mean see if you look at the guy I don't think we should be prioritising his fucking genes anytime nah, soon no. but to say that people like Rhys Mogg Boris Johnson Theresa May David Cameron Tony Blair Gordon Brown go through the full fucking list of them the Aye. political class that these are people that are empowered because of their genes is scary oh, when the guy has got such influence. Or at least that we should protect these genes because these people made it to power. He gave you this I mean? article that we're talking about to the education secretary as a way as advi- advising on policy for education. That's mental. I never even realised that. So that was in The Guardian. That was something that I read in The Guardian. Aye. Aye, and I, I think it was okay. Uh, it was on Twitter was saying that I, if you look at the guy, it is kind of laughable to think that he is some sort of like you know ultimate specimen or what we should be or um but again obviously the guy's now been subsequently binned but that doesn't really take away for the fact that 
you know, two of the great offices of state in the UK are now controlled by this lunatic who is recruiting other lunatics for his fucking blog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, chancellors and what. And it's it's noted in any way, shape, or form to defend the Tories that are in these offices. It's that you know, if the UK is to function as a meaningful state, especially given all the constitutional issues that are happening in the new. You know, the direction of number 10 and the entire fiscal policy of the country can be at the whammy a guy who is like recruiting for his comment sections on eugenics. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's One of the things that was bonkers. hilarious was that there was a page in the, uh, there was a, a, a paragraph that was extracted that actually went against what he said. He said that um, the current system produces people of the upper 1 to 2% okay. that then go on to become experts in their field Mm -hmm. so only like 2% of people that learn maths become mathematicians 0% of these people end up in a position of power so, because they're not studying politics, they're studying whatever so it is. They study to become the top one percent the smartest 1% or 2% of people never end up in a position of power that goes against these sort of things eh? because <laughs> surely these people are coming for the, the elite gene pool, the top 1% or 2% gene pool, if they then go on to become Aye. the experts in their field. I feel the desirable examples. That doesn't tell me that you should be advising education section. That should be an advice on political reform mm. where we go, why are we not getting experts in any of these fields Aye. to then get into a position of power where they can use their expertise to mm-hmm. influence fucking... No, we end up with guys like him who have got first in history... PhDs in politics to go on to be a career where they wield basically probably their upper class Daz ideas and when he uh-huh. sat him down and was like Dominic you know this we're here because God put us here and blah 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 uh-huh. your your genes are elite genes as he probably sits in waffles and drinks his whiskey and he's a fucking <laughs> alcoholic and this is I think this is one of the big problems is is that we do have a, a no, a, a middle class, like an, an upper class, political and upper class that believe that they're better than everybody and that they have this pathway yeah. from birth to the positions of power that we, the other 90% of people, find it very, very fucking difficult to infiltrate. Oh, I definitely, because where's the incentive to let anybody else in when you and all your pals have got control? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, the only people that get in are the people that are willing to play the game on the terms that the game's currently being played. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think you've seen that with reactions to guys like Corbyn, previous reactions to guys like Sanders and AOC and all these other, you know, quote-unquote progressives that we've talked about in the past, like... There, there, there are actual <clears throat> real life consequences to this because they're like literally in the last like two days, they've published a study that started in two thousand and six, or two in two between two thousand six and two thousand and eight, and took in um, data that ranged ten years. The study. I think there's a couple of studies but you can either see one started in 2006 and ended in 2016 or started in 2008 and ended in 2018 that says for the first time in 100 years that the life expectancy of the average individual in the UK is going down so we're regressing back to people like whatever so instead of being 75 it's 70 now this to me there's an alarm bell ringing when I read about eugenics and I read about people like this and Pensions being pushed back to 75 when the national yep. age is 70. Is this deliberate? 
is this like some kind of culling? Is the DUP, is the benefits changes to the people that are sick, is this because literally in the definition it's about driving out disabilities? Yeah. Is this a deliberate way, a sort of making it so that it's like a hostile environment for people that are sick or disabled yeah is that like one one part and then the next part is the working class how do we drive I mean only this week I, I listened to and watched a, a, a podcast on YouTube that was saying that one of the ultimate aims of Brexit is to stop low earning income labour coming yep. for Eastern Europe and which other parts of Europe which we've already started to see to make people that are currently own benefits, force them to do these jobs. Now that, if you look at what happens in America, Aye. that is exactly what happens yeah. in America. People get bust for, and we've spoken about this in previous episodes, yep. like urban areas in Chicago, out to the, the suburban areas yep. where the predominantly middle and upper class people stay to basically be servants Aye. in their Starbucks, work for poverty, no, even poverty wages, yep. working for their benefits. Food stamps and shit. Mm-hmm. Aye, definitely. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think when you look at UN studies, when you look at this... And I mean, as we were talking about Extinction Rebellion, what, two or three weeks ago, like, one of the big concerns environmentally is that all across the world, through medical advances and whatnot, people are living longer. So the notion that in the whatever sixth or seventh biggest economy in the world, our life expectancy is decreasing as a result of our living standards at a similar time to when the government isn't implementing a massive nationwide plan of austerity... Like, it's hard to no see the correlation between the two things. Like, mm-hmm. As I say, the UN have already pretty much said that the living standards are, you know, the worst they've been since, like, the fucking Victorian age when, like, kids were cleaning chimneys for a fucking living, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's a regression that is extremely worrying, but does feel deliberate, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think when we talk about the, the low-skilled labour, I mean... I'm I'm quite worried by the the sort of zeal that some Tories have to now adopt to stay in their positions. We've obviously talked to, about Javid telling Cummings to get himself to fuck, but Patel, the Home Secretary, went out and rolled out these you know immigration rules, the yeah. visa checks, and blah blah blah, and admitted that probably our own parents wouldn't have been able to collect... That blows my fucking mind. ...requisite points to get mm-hmm. entry to the UK. And you're like, if ever... And again, let's take the fact that she's a Tory out of the equation, but like, if ever anybody personified why first and second generation immigration is vital to the, like, the development and the actual skills in a country, Perry Patel should be one of them because she's came for immigrants and within a generation... She's the UK Home Secretary. Like she's she's risen. Like, you know what like, I mean? Like, like, so she'll be she'll be in like a she'll be in like a fraction of a percent mm-hmm. of the people that manage to do that within yeah. a generation. Well, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's an argument to say somebody like her or somebody you know with the characteristics that she possesses should be held up as an example of why immigration is a fucking great thing uh-huh. for the country. But no, the battering ram aye, getting used to, to like, fucking. Like, I mean, see if you look at the the seventy points. I wouldn't qualify. Neither would I. You know what I mean? You wouldn't qualify. Mm-hmm. How many people do we know out there that if they've read these criteria for immigration to the UK would find themselves without, you know, a citizenship? And the problem here now is that the British government is also in the process of revoking people's citizenships. So 
first generation immigrants who have been subject to crimes have been, you know, the Lassie Begum, there's a thing going on with some Jamaican guys down south and all the rest of it where although these people themselves were born in the UK, because their parents were born elsewhere, when they committed a crime, they've tried to deport, deport them. them to the countries of their parents' births. No. <sighs> So right. what but happens when the government decide to mash how those many two generations? Together? How many generations do they want to go back to? But I mean that would I mean I'm second. Aye. One side of my family, both my grandparents had immigrated to Ireland, so I'm a second generation Irish immigrant. Does that mean that if I commit a crime, that I potentially could be getting fucking sent back to Ireland? Well, this is the thing of which I've never been. So we've got a government that answers to its advisor. We've got eugenics on the table. We've got social engineering that results in the deaths of, the, of this underclass of people that we're trying to avoid and then on top of that we've now got two laws, one that says your citizenship can be revoked and another that says here is the desirable number of points to become a citizen and my concern is that the natural extension for me is that somebody somewhere is going to go why don't why don't we link these two things mm-hmm. and we just use it as a pretense to potentially get rid of undesirable people because given the policies and the sort of practices that we're talking about here, for me, that is a natural conclusion of where these two things are gone, and we're now only really one step away for those two things being able to interact with each other, mm-hmm. and we've got a Tory majority full of these nutters. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking scary shit, mm-hmm. man. Like, but aye. No, I'd like today take Dominic Cummings and drop him right in the Middle Easter house <laughs> else and see how he's aye. fucking jeans... Aye, how well he does, aye, in Springburn. Exactly. You know I mean, on like, 70 quid a week. Exactly, like, well, aye, this is this is the type of shit that when people who, like, hate saying it, but, like, moderate right-wing conservative centrists like Cameron and blah, 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 were warned. Oh, there's my iPhone just fucking, because I said somebody's name just popping in, spying on us. Um... This is the when the warning signs when they start to talk in this way, and I think that this is language is very, very, very important. Oh, I and I think that we get caught up in like, well, he doesn't really mean that, and that's no what that's no what they meant. No, oh, but yeah. listen, the dog whistles to people, and for people of a certain way of thinking, they see it as the legitimizing of their batshit crazy ways and, and like appeasing Absolutely. the ultra right wing of the Conservative Party back in 2010 or well, 2014 would it have been when they got their majority like that the second general election this was the warnings that people on the, the centre or centre left had said aye do not do this because sure. we were told in 2014 Boris Johnson would never be Prime Minister. That's a nonsense. Don't stay with the Union because there's no way Trump will get in. There's no way we'll leave the EU. There's no way we'll leave Boris in charge. Like, those are all laughable ideas. Like, get a fucking grip of yourself. Uh-huh. Like, six years later, like, here the fuck we are. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it took for very, very smart, but very, very indoctrined individuals like the fuck nugget that started Cambridge Analytica. Or, no, the guy that started it, but th- because, I mean, data's data and they can manipulate it and, and, and all the rest of it. The guy that then took control of it to, to and go then weaponized and it. weaponised it. Aye. Like, this is the, this is a big, huge problem for, like, people 
like myself, people like you, like you're saying, all the, the people, how many people do you know that fit this criteria? For everybody that is not part of the fucking club, is that we do not understand what's happening to us until Aye. it's fucking happened and it's too late. Aye. And we've been radicalised and we think things and then it becomes part of your fucking almost yeah. like part of your DNA do you know what I mean and they can sell you ideas that then 10 years later you look back and go that was a bad idea we've got loads of examples of that happening man like I, I think you know a number of the debates or a number of the, the sort of societal conversations shall we say that we've covered on the show have got pretty reactionary um, mm-hmm. obviously we had the recent one where you know, out for indie and stuff like that. Um, and I, like, the the reaction, and I don't know if it's always necessarily about right-wing, like, I think there's people that are getting pushed to extremes within a number of different arguments. Absolutely. And I think we see that sort of mare and mare. Yeah, I mean, we... I had sent you a couple of links to a couple of videos on uh, a YouTube channel. Don't see any sort of value in naming the person, yeah. because the, this is this is the, the weird thing. I was having this discussion with Sharon uh, earlier on where I was like this is how it happens like there is a lot of the content that I agree with there's a lot of what the individual is saying that I absolutely agree with so mm-hmm. but other than getting into the actual specifics of the points that are being made what happened in one of the videos was is that the person pulled out now the person's got 180,000 likes on the video that they're referencing. Okay. And over a quarter of a million views and fuck knows how many comments. That's a really popular channel. Yeah. But the person pulled out two comments for the comment section. Now, let's just say that the comment... And it was more... I can't remember specific number. It was somewhere near two, three, four hundred comments. But let's just say at a hundred comments mm-hmm. and that person pulls out two really nasty fucking comments right. and uses it in a reaction video to go... This is to justify their views. This is this is the t- so this is the type of thing that is actually being weaponized again. Yeah. It's like basic, it's pure Billy basic psychology and data mm-hmm. manipulation. You go, look, we are right. We should feel the way that we feel Aye. because look at me being attacked. Now you are. You're using 1% of your comment. It's less than Aye. that because it's like two comments are fucking 400. Yeah. But you're using 1% or 2%. And that really is like a sort of good like micro look at probably what's happening in the wider world is that 1% or 2% of people Aye. are absolutely fucking attacking. Yeah. But it gets amplified Definitely. through people agreeing with them or yeah. agreeing with their basic point. Aye. No realising, again, that they're dog whistling. That they're, they're in a lot of cases selling I, ideas to people that don't really know that I, the people are using can they think critically do you know I, what I mean? using what on the surface of things might often appear like a legitimate criticism to drive the wedge and then use the unfair criticism to then drive the wedge home like mm-hmm. it's it's new at this point tried and tested on a level that is industrial you know what I mean like everybody's doing it and I'm no surprised that ordinary people especially somebody who's in you know the, the game of, you know, generating popular YouTube content um, has got to obviously, you know, keep the clicks and the, and the likes moving. Whether the criticism is legitimate or no, I don't know. I, says, I looked at the, the page and kind of went, Ugh, and then kind of backed out it a wee bit, to be honest with you myself. But I think as well, like the, it's, it's, it's evident even the day. I mean, like, on a similar issues, and maybe it's because these 
issues around sexuality and whatever make people uncomfortable, I don't know. Um, but I was joking on the, the Rebel City feed this morning that after being on holiday for a couple of days, I hadn't really been paying attention. I logged in this morning, I had a sort of coming here and recording and everybody was just going absolutely mental about fucking drag. And it took me a bit of time to piece it together because, you know, you don't ever get them, you know, you might be lucky enough to click on a link or whatever, but a lot of time on Twitter you've just got to kind of scroll through and piece mm-hmm. it together. And I think a primary school as part of LGBT History Month invited a drag queen and they didn't check the social media and there was obviously a lot of really raunchy content that yeah. probably wasn't appropriate Absolutely. to be beside pictures of sort of primary school children on a visit. And I think the school's obviously released a statement admitting, look, we fucked this up, look, we're sorry. Um, but that reaction to it has been incredible. Aye, like, absolutely. And I get that people have concerns about primary school children being exposed to potentially sexualised content, mm-hmm. like, yep, no absolutely. doubt. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's really what was at risk here unless somebody considers just a drag queen sexualised content because I don't think this person was performing their act for primary no, school kids. I think that you know what I mean? Like, my first reaction was, what the fuck, right? Like, the, the drag artist goes by the, the name Flowjob, which instantly made me feel uncomfortable. So I was but like, do you wait, wait a, a six-year-old child to get that so reference? So this, this, was, this was another point, was that if you go back and look at Captain Pugwash, mm-hmm. there's a character in Captain Pugwash called Seaman Stains. Now, that was a joke aimed at adults. The Magic Roundabout had a lot of drug references as yeah. well, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Rainbow as well. Stuff that isn't for kids, right? <clears throat> now, you could maybe go right. Well, that was the seventies and eighties and the nineties, and like let's let's move past that. But it's a, it's another example, and I think that if you're going to be outraged at certain things, you need to sort of take oi everything into consideration, right? So other than that, my first reaction was like, "Whoa, what the fuck has happened to you?" Yeah. Now, as I think a very reasonable response, if that particular individual has got sexually explicit content on their open social media. And maybe and they should have been a wee bit more wary and said, absolutely. Look, I don't think, I'll give you a number, but I don't think I'm the right person. Absolutely, right. The school has come out and said that they shouldn't have posted a picture of the kids and, and they, they should have vetted the the individual Aye. more themselves, which, again, fair enough, right? As a parent of somebody, a kid that's in primary or some a parent of one of the kids that's at that school, I can understand this sort of reaction and sort of like getting a bit sort of aggravated by it, but when you take into consideration that one, they weren't getting in and drag, it, it's a trans female, I don't think that the individual, I mean, we've yet to see the details of what happened, but there's no way that they went in like in full drag. There's no way that they went in and did their act I if it's sexually it. explicit. I mean, they went in to read a book. Right. They, they went in at the kid's request as to read a fucking book to them. Okay. Um, I think that it, this sort of links back to the Caroline Flack thing where people have got half of the information of what's happened and instantly reacted. Yeah. And, and the, the, the drag woman herself has come out and said, I'm checking out a social media here. I think, um, look at some of the comments of what's happened and... I think that this is another example of where the failing of clearly a local authority in a school mm-hmm. is now getting aimed at 
an individual who's involved somehow yeah. as if they're to blame. Maybe I that they could have had a look at their social media. Could have maybe thought, am I am I really appropriate for this type yeah. of situation? But no, everybody thinks like that. No, and the person's just went if along. You're doing your thing, and you don't see anything contentious about what you do. Then it'd be an easy want to have a bit of complacency on and maybe Absolutely. that's what's happened do you know what I mean like for me it's one of the ones that we've touched on in recent weeks because the the reaction as well as it's been sizable for the, you know the general public and some of the points are valid some of them are no and some of it is that Doug Whistle that you're talking about um, quite predictably the the you know the it's getting turned around onto oh the SNP and I think obviously Mary Black commented on it and it kind of set off a bit of a shitstorm yeah. because Pretty much anything Mary Black says is going to start a shitstorm with somebody yeah. because. I mean, like, if you go into I don't that, mean because she's controversial. I just mean because she's she's her. You know, what accusations I mean? are being homophobic. If you take it on just purely the surface area of like what happened, mm. no being happy that a drag act called Flowjob that's got sexually explicit content on an mm. own social media platform is going in and reading books to an eight-year-old. There is there is nothing homophobic about that. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, to come out and say that you're trans or homophobic because you feel like that, it, it's a nonsense. It's, For some it will be true, but at the same time, no, it's, it's no fit to generalise in that is, respect. I, absolutely. Type. This is the thing, is that it has enraged that side of social media that is absolutely engaging in homophobic, like, sort of... Yep. Uh, pylons and blah 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 but this is like we were talking earlier about it's the wedge that gets in this is and the wedge hammered him this is the shit the that he's used Aye. where they, they they pull a picture of um, a guy with his, his boyfriend on a leash with a fucking leather dog mask at a pride parade in Manchester and making out that this is the whole community that's doing this the, yeah. these are mistakes that are made in the name of progress and that people need to reflect mm-hmm. and adjust their behaviour no for them to, when they're criticised to sling mud at the opposite side and go well you're just a homophobe but I, it's like it doesn't serve I think purpose. it was quite a cool attempt when you talk about progress I, I, as I say we've both grew up in Roman Catholic schools like you know we don't I don't consciously remember too much in the way of meaningful sex education. I get zero. I think I get um, fucking zero, man. So, I mean, in terms of progress, I definitely think for things like LGBT History Month or LGBTQ History Month, whatever we're calling it, um, <clears throat> it is quite cool that they had the balls to go, do you know what, let's go and, you know, this is what the kids want, let's go and get it, you know what I mean? Like, in that zeal, they've maybe had a few missteps on either side Totally. I mean, are the kids going to be traumatised? <coughs> Probably. So. Don't think so. D- is Drag Race UK or BBC iPlayer? Can you go on Netflix and watch drag shows left, right, and centre? Yeah. Absolutely. RuPaul do cartoons they, on do, Netflix. Yep. Do they exist? Absolutely. What is the fear? Where, uh, what is the actual fear? And I think fear? this is maybe part of the point that was missed with some of what Mary had said was that I think when I read her tweets, I'd read her talking about homophobia, transphobia, misogyny as like structural issues rather than maybe necessarily directly about the, the situation. Mm-hmm. But again, okay. in the heat of the moment, it's going to always be misconstrued. And I think that's maybe partly what happened to a lot of folk. Um, my unsurprise to some of the media reaction, as we've discussed, because again, this was now another thing that we can use to sort of beat the SNP way, was a lot of the, you know, this is what's going on in, in schools under the SNP, as if like Nicola Sturgeon was the one that was pure... Hi, I'm looking for a drag queen. You know what I mean? I'm sending them to this primary school. You know what I mean? I, they're responsible for education policy, but what individual schools do at this level is not a fucking governmental issue, and trying to make it one is a bit crazy for me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But I think 
some of the opponents of the SNP and even as we're probably going to just cover, like some of the people in the SNP have maybe seen a bit of an opportunity for movement. And it's no movement of the independence movement. It's a movement in terms of job aspirations and stuff like that. And I think it's become quite popular among some folk to be, you know, overtly negative about the SNP at the minute. They're having a rough time in some respects, but in other respects they have also just absolutely romped in another election victory like six weeks ago. So... Mm-hmm. Some of it feels a bit invented for me, some of the criticism and the, the chat of, you know, Nicola Sturgeon being on the way out and all that kind of stuff. And this, you know, drag queen thing has become another one of various issues like ice on bridges and stuff that have been used to kind of try and kind of, I think, give an impression of like, instability. Um, there are things they can definitely be doing better on, like, no doubt, you know what I mean? But I think when you look at the, you know, 50% in the polls for independence, you know, 80% of seats at the general election, like, there's a disconnect between the conversation that's happening now and what's actually the reality of people's experience with the yeah. real world. But, but then at the same time, we've got Joanna Cherry announcing that she's going to come up and compete for um, is it Edinburgh East or something like yeah. that. She's going to go directly up against Angus Robertson, uh-huh. the former sort of speaker in the House for the SNP. And um, as a standard MP who obviously has ambitions, like... It does feel as though maybe she's trying to get herself into the MSP position to be closer to the, the sort of centre of decision-making in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know how accurate that is. It just, again, feels like an odd time to go and compete against a party grandee yeah. mm-hmm. um, and a you know quite contentious seat. I think it's Ruth Davison's old seat. Yeah, that's um, right. So, I mean, it could be a big scalp to take. So, to have like a divided ballot in that area feels like a bit of politicking to me. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of that tying in now. Like, it's been good for critics of, you know, Sturgeon and whatnot to go hear the failings. But I think also there is maybe a wee bit of wiggle room for people thinking a couple of years down the line maybe about where they can be and who they can be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Aye. I think, again, like, these are situations that people need to look at how they react, why mm-hmm. they react the way it is. Like, and, like, this is... The whole, the, like, one of the things that I say to quite, I've said to a couple of people is, is that if you react emotionally or overreact emotionally to any situation, you need to go through a process of reflecting on why. Now, you might feel that your emotional reaction is absolutely justified, as quite a lot of people do, but it might not be. You might be, you might have just been triggered, and especially in a world of sort of clickbait, YouTube algorithms being accused of radicalizing people. Yeah, I I genuinely think that if if we like to try and sort of make an arc with the the between the Caroline Flack situation mm-hmm. and coming. Th- in this situation it's a lot smaller a lot less in the public eye and individual that's concerned say that they're t- taking a step back but if you come in and start attacking a person because they're caught up in a situation that was yeah nothing to do with it no decision making of, of, total shitstorm yeah you need to actually just think about why you did that I think that's why Mary Black is <clears throat> coming out and saying this stinks of homophobia to me yeah. sounds like people are just getting caught Biases confirmed and just jumping on an issue that they've got no absolute no horse in the race, but just want to go and just 
this, yeah, here's my opportunity because I hate this shit and like oh just another example as yep. you said to wedge and to prove to people that are maybe on the fence that their side of the fence is bang correct yeah. and that look at how they're getting kids and using one situation or like uh, kids being on stage as drag with their parents are doing drag and blah 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 as a way to go this is the norm Aye. it is not the norm it is very very small instances yeah. and we need to actually start to again look at how we react and look, look at what these types of circumstances how we've been trained up. to react exactly you know I mean? exactly um, I mean I think as well like if we're going to move on for some of that stuff like the f- one of the sort of bigger things and I, I, we'd be half on holiday I happened to like stumble across it on iPlayer yesterday and it was the documentary about uh, Weinstein Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously on iPlayer because they were expecting a verdict, which I didn't realise at the time. But there's obviously subsequently been the, the, the sort of guilty verdicts. Has uh, he been sentenced? I don't think, don't he's, think been he's been sentenced. sentenced. Yet. Right. Um, I still find it hilarious that he tried to play the sick kid. He tried to come up ah, with some yeah. room. Like fuck off, dude. Like doesn't matter. Ah, yeah. Like we don't give a fuck. Like, but um, I I've not watched it yet. It's horrifying. So it's like it's just that that sort of abusive part of my behaviour like where they talk to one of the really early victims and like her account is frighteningly similar to people who were sort of much later in the timeline I think a non-disclosure agreement like something like eight women in the space of 30 years um, and obviously all the various accusations that were made no of them were prosecutable unfortunately and right. there might be that there'll be other ones down the line I would be not surprised in the slightest if there was further no, convictions would down not the be line. Surprised you know what I mean? Like, but right now it's just the two. But it's a start. Um, I don't know if it's enough because it's, you know, one man is not responsible for... As much as he is responsible for his actions and shit. Like, there, is totally, a, there is an institutionalised sort of misogyny that aye. is actually like becoming, especially in the sort of the the film industry and mm. the music industry and like you've there's those case, cases like the the Kesha yeah where she was raped in a recording studio by a producer mm. and nothing happened in fact her record label dropped her when she made a complaint about it right so you've got this this sort of protection of money makers exactly Basically, like, like cash money cows. comes first yeah aye. absolutely it's pretty shocking and that's kind of one of the things like his money afforded him a level of power that was like frightening I mean I seen a clip on the, the documentary where he was walking into some restaurant, you know, some whoever he was either paying or cheating on his wife with that night had sort of walked in in front of him. Somebody tried to take a photo as there was a bank of photographers outside this restaurant in LA, whenever it was, and he literally just walked up to him and was pure, see if I see any of the pictures, like not a single fucking one you'll be able to sell a picture These ever like, again and you're just like, like the influence of like mafia aye this, it, it's well, like he, gangster aye, like aye, shit he, he went on that a lot and that was evident in some of the movies that he backed and whatever but at the same time I was just taken by the just the blatant just balls out nature of the guy where he was pure guys just so you know any of the pictures rock up and like he's a done uh-huh. you know what I mean like, I mean look at look at the protection I mean Again, like I know that we poke fun at the royals, and I made a joke earlier on about them being a family. Houses, but look at the protections that have been given to Andrew. This, I mean, this has blown my fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> not only did the Queen have a fucking super injunction out pre oh, the I'm- American case, um, but they've refused. He's refused to help the FBI on multiple occasions. That's Aye. a different issue. But the reporting in this country. 
about this situation Impressive has been fucking laughable. Ah, yeah. Absolutely laughable. I mean, literally, like, the, a week after he'd done his BBC interview, there was a fucking, I can't remember what page, paper, I think it was a Daily Mail, was like, Andrew nurses the Queen through Harry scandal. Yeah. No, you're like, wait a minute. Ah, yeah. Wait a fucking minute. You're yeah. like, but that... That is, I mean, let's not go well, back through that. What media institution in the UK is going to be daft enough to burn the, their bridges with the royal family, you know what I mean? This like, is the influence, isn't you're it? You're picking a fight, you can't win. This is the influence that guys like Weinstein have, and, 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 it, and it drips down and up, because when you go down to, there's stories of, like, casting directors yeah. being like, I'll, I'll hire you if you suck my dick and stuff like that, like, yeah. instances of that happening. So it is top to bottom... Aware, aware how things have worked for the last hundred years, Absolutely. especially in like things like Hollywood, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like we can't let like where has the rest of the Savile stuff went? Like we can't let these instances Aye. are like outing a horrific things happening to individuals lie with only the individual that does it because yeah. they're part of a system that has enabled definitely and actually they've profited through being like I mean I remember like during the, the Savile scandal there was a thing that I read that Gary Glutter went to the head of the BBC raging that Jimmy Savile had been gave his own TV show because he should have got it I've heard this before I now when we we live in the world of like people going it's an open secret mm. like that these things are open secrets everybody knew like everybody knew about Weinstein everybody knew about Jimmy Savile so put two and two together and ask yourself why the head of the BBC is entertaining this Aye. fucking paedophile a coming to him and complaining that another paedophile is getting access to kids through a TV show. Yeah. That then would be guilty to me. Oh, you aye. are fucking guilty. Definitely. And if you keep yourself in ignorance deliberately, you're also fucking guilty. Oh, no, like definitely. if you just go, well, I, I didn't know. And people like Esther Ranson came out and gone, like, everybody fucking knew. Like aye. everybody knew. Nobody did anything about it. No, definitely. Um, I think the telling one for me in terms of that power and that thing was that one of the guys who was a, a reporter uh, for, you know, one of the, I can't remember which one of the American publications, but a reasonable one. Um, no, the Inquirer? No, no, it was like a reputable one. He had like a, an underling with him and he said to her, go and get a quote on his new movie. And he said something stupid to her and she happened to get it on tape. And he, he was screaming and bonnet in the middle of this party that he was throwing. And the boss journalist stepped in, took the tape and obviously was still recording all of this happening. And it ended up with like Weinstein dragging him out into the street in front of this party, this early party that he was throwing himself and like trying to wrestle this tape, tape off, off the guy. It says there was cameras all around him, photographs everywhere. And he says he got up the next morning expecting the shitstorm and like the two of the journalists that had been involved were like No way. Not a single picture. Uh-huh. She says this was like ten years ago and I've still to this day never seen a picture of what happened that night. And she was like, Who has that type of power to just overnight make something like that just disappear the in thing, front like, of a room full of cameras? We, we give predators the ability to write their own narrative. Aye. It, this is where I feel like if if there is some kind of I don't I, I'm, I don't necessarily agree, but if there is some kind of great anxiety that we're feeling as like a race where the majority of people don't feel comfortable in their own skin, I think that this might be part of it. Is mm. that we blatantly see the hypocrisy and things that we hold sort of like 
deer where Aye. if you've grew up in a family that has been like God save the Queen and we are part of the Orange Lodge and like even people that aren't they part of like the Orange Lodge I mean get into people's sissies and they're like photos of the Queen photos of Charles photos of Diana that the plates and the commemorative coins and X, Y and Z it's yeah. like a, an industry that has that needs people to buy into it of so course. that they can profit for it and then you are like me and you're in your early to mid 30s and then all of a sudden it's Although I didn't grow up in that type of household, just talk about like my generation. Aye. There is a fucking nuclear bomb that's set off underneath all of this, all of these power structures, all of these institutions, the mainstream media that you've been reading and listening to your full life, and you've you almost like it's it's part of who you are. Aye, it take it's taken a lot for people to sort of like come to grips with that, come mm. to terms with that. There are a certain type of people that are fighting back against it. Aye. And it's almost understandable to a certain extent, but I think that we all need to wake the fuck up to this because Aye. it's still happening. It, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like People like fucking R. Kelly and like to very, very recently oh, getting away with this shit. What, I mean, guys like Epstein, who... Aye. get away with this shit and people that have got private islands and who aye, knows what goes go on, on man. aye like that, that this is the thing like we we need transparency like we can't I don't feel like we can live in a world anymore where we we live in the sort of they live in the shadows and they get away with just sort of manipulating their pals in the media or aye. even worse like going back to the Dominic Cummings thing getting mates into positions of power so that they'll serve you really yeah. as you become like they'll they'll pat you in the head and they'll throw you a bone every now and again aye. as you're like pure, oh please please give me a story mm-hmm. this is the type of world that we've lived in oh, aye. and it's just been shattered like bit by bit by bit um, and I think the longer mm. that they fight against it the worse the the reaction will ultimately aye. be at, at I get what you're saying I think if we move on to like another predator <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to kind of talk about was the the Oscars so Trump, Mayor Trump's reaction to the Oscars, um, I found it quite funny that he decided that he was going to hark back to missing out on, like, Gone with the Wind. And you're like, dude, I mean, come on. Like, could you have picked a mayor, like, on the nose, but also just stupid, like, comparison than, you know, harking back to a time where racism was cool and, like, aye. guys could do what the fuck they wanted Back my day. to put up with it. And I, it was just... You're just like, man... You're just like a pure walking Freudian slip. So Absolutely. you know what I mean? Oh, it's just fucking it's incredible. Right, but uh, the best bit about the whole thing for me was um, the director of Parasite, um, who's done other awesome movies out of that kind of neck of the woods, that part of the world, previously, um, was like, oh, it's all right. I didn't expect Trump to get it. It's in subtitles. He can't read. <laughs> it's just like pure. That's beautiful. It's just absolutely. I just nailed him. him. I just like, absolutely nailed Trump. I mean, we were when we were first talking about this subject. My instant reaction when he came out and he was like, oh, I watched the Oscars last night. It's like, how long is that fucking thing? Like, fucking aye, three like, and a bit. You paid attention like, to nothing for six hours. Aye, man, I don't like, like you, mate. What the fuck? Like, I've got this image in my head. I like Trump sitting in a vest fucking shoving McDonald's cheeseburgers down his throat <laughs> while spending six hours. Now, you're the leader of the free world, um, or you're supposed to be, Aye. and I would say that that is wholesale a waste of fucking time for you Aye. to be sitting watching an award ceremony for what, for you to, because it's part of the establishment yeah. and that you can go out and you can tell your Trump supporters and I love the the Sam Harris he calls it Trumpistan now he doesn't call it America he oh, calls right, it Trumpistan where he, he goes out and uses it and because that that 
that's how it's done. Like the people that he's speaking to watch the Oscars. The people he's speaking to are like, "Fuck that guy Aye. that won that. Fuck that. Why we? Why blah blah blah? How yeah. dare Joaquin Phoenix come out and tell me how to live my life and blah blah blah?" <laughs> and so he needs to keep his fingers now. Whether or not he watched the Oscars, I, pr- I bet he didn't. There is I no don't know, man. You like, think so? I would think, think for like one of my favourite shows ever is The West Wing, and I don't get for that that it's possible for a, a real president to spend six hours watching an award show. He's not a real president. But at the same time, I, this is Trump, and like, I absolutely believe that he was like, guys, that's me done for the day at like whatever, six o'clock in the evening, and was just like, bag of chips, like a fucking four-litre bottle of Gatorade and a straw, like pure, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, would not surprise Get me the, the slightest. On. Aye. Mm. Well, I'd see, at the end of the day, man, like... This is this is how he's managed to get himself into power is because he's focused on this shit that people actually like hold dearly to them <laughs> like a fucking an, a statue or an award ceremony yeah. that means fuck all to anybody like in the real world the Oscars the Golden Globes doesn't mean nothing Aye, like virtue signalling by digging them out absolutely you know I, mean? I love the Ricky Gervais take on it is just like this is like pantomime so I'm going to treat it like that I'm going to come out and I'm going to point the finger at you I'm going to point the finger at you I'm going to make fun of you I'm going to make fun of you and I'm going to treat this like the shit show that it actually is whereas somebody like Trump is managing to again weaponize an award ceremony to get people to go I love Trump he speaks my language and he's my guy I think I would like to see Trump host the Oscars can you imagine the type of car crash that, that would be just oh him my God. there for like six hours stumbling through lines while just actor after director after whoever comes up and just insults him to his face it'd be like that fucking roast hang except in real life you know what I mean like, aye the roast of Donald Trump aye. which actually exists so you can go and watch that on Comedy Central aye. but I mean other than that man I think we've covered quite a bit and aye. we've been waffling a load of shite as we normally do for yep. for over an hour now but um, it'll be another couple of weeks and again like I was saying at the start of the show I sit down and think, oh, got nothing really to talk about. And then I, I get my attention for like half an hour and I go, oh, remember, oh yeah, that uh, one and that one and that one and we pull something together. So anyway, cheers for coming down and no worries, mate. talking shit with me. Absolutely. Lightning falls when there is panic in the sky Thunder calls when all but fear is lived to die You tell it like it's fantasy Something that you're never going to be Story every day. There's just one thing that I have to say that if we believe, if we trust in you, then I don't know why you say the things you do. You'd see a whole new way to be. Empty halls now filled with echoes of their past. 
understands they live each day like it's their last. You tell it like it's fantasy, something that you're never going to be. Same old story every day. There's just one thing I. You say the things you do. You'd see a whole new way to be. Giving honest answers and not those lies to me. I can tell that you're on a mission just to break the walls down time and time again. If it wasn't true, would it be okay to break the walls down time and time again? If we believe, if we trusted you, then I don't know why you say the things you do. You'd see a whole new way to be, giving honest answers and not those lies to me. Believe, if we trusted you. Then I don't know why you say the things you do. You'd see a whole new way to be, giving honest answers and not those lies to me.